It is good to be with you today. Good to see you guys on the sides, some in the middle. Um, Nice to have you all tailgating, chilling out. Welcome to everyone online as well. Good to have you uh, with us virtually. And um, if you are new, my name is Caleb. I'm the pastor here and would love to say hello to you. Would Would love to meet you. And if you're online and haven't yet joined us outside, we'd love to meet you here in person as well. Uh, would you just join with me as we pray, asking God to speak to us, asking God to work? Father, we thank you that you are with us right now. Whether we're here outside or in our homes, that you see each of us. You know each of us. You know the ups and the downs. You know what's happened this week that we bring with us into today. You know uh, the things that we face coming up, things that maybe produce anxiety or things that we are worried about, things that maybe we're excited about. You, You know the things that we face this coming week. And you want good for each of us. We thank you for that truth. God, we also just want to bring in prayer to you our state as it is being ravaged by wildfires right now, some of the worst in our state's history. We pray that you would bring rain. We pray that you would allow the fires to stop. We pray that you would protect uh, the fire men and women that are working, those fires that you would put your hand upon them, that you would give uh, people wisdom in the decisions that need to be made so that they may be your agents of protection. We thank you for them and the work that they do. We pray for their families and those that may uh, be anxious and worried about uh, their their loved ones out fighting fires. We ask that you would allow them to experience a peace. And God, as we're here today, we we come to hear from you. We come to listen to you. We want wisdom from you. We want our hearts and our lives shaped by you. And so we ask you, God, to speak to us through your word, that we would hear your voice today in the parts that we need it the most. We pray that you would bring conviction where it's needed, that you would bring comfort where it's needed, that you would bring practical application and leadership where we need it. We want to hear from you, Jesus. So we pray these things in your name. Amen. We are in a series in Proverbs. If uh, you're joining us for the first time or online, if you're joining us for the first time, we are looking at the book of Proverbs and looking at the various aspects of wisdom that it gives to us in the various, uh, the various topics that wisdom, Proverbs says, the beginning of wisdom, the foundation of wisdom is, did I just, did my mic just die? The beginning of wisdom is the, the fear of the Lord. And the beginning of wisdom is the knowledge of God, to love God, to know God. That's the foundation. And then everything else flows out of that. So how do we bring every piece of our life to God How do we bring every part of our life to God and allow him to speak into 
those things. And, and today we're going to talk about friendship. We all want friends. All of us want friends. And as an adult, it's often hard to have friends. We, we do the work of making friends. And then life changes. Maybe some of you moved here and you had friends where you were before and then you have had to make new friends and life changes or new seasons in life happen. Maybe you had friends while you were single and then you started dating or got married and now you've had to make new friendships through that. I'm going to pause for a second. It sounds like my mic keeps cutting in and out. So if it is, I'd, I'd love to use the, the handheld. Is it? seems fine or sort of okay something's happening I don't know what it is this <laughs> check 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 one two three four five okay are we good Maybe a little louder. <laughs> Let's do a vote, okay? So if you want, okay, so whatever that is is good. Right there, okay? Let's see if the people in that house over there in 2916, can you guys, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, are we good? Here we go. So we're talking about friendship, and the big idea with this right now is that friendship is hard, okay? And you know this, especially because many people I know I talk with you that uh, are, are not from Denver, right? And so uh, life, you might build friendships, and then when you have to restart making friendships, that's when you feel the difficulty of it. When you're in college or maybe in your hometown, it's kind of like, man, I've had these friends, friendship's great. But as soon as you have to hit the reset button, which often we have to do as adults, whether that's because you graduate from college or you start a new job or you move to a new city or seasons of life change, whether that's divorce or marriage or singleness or dating, it all of a sudden you feel the difficulty of making friends. And so though we want friendship, it's often we find hard. And it's often we find though we want friendship and may have desires for it and see it in this certain way, we experience loneliness many times in our friendships. And it's not often what we desire it to be. C.S. Lewis, uh, who was a Christian author, professor at Oxford, talks about, and I thought this was really insightful, he says that, that friendship is one of the most unique relationships that we have because it's not something that we will do naturally. Meaning that there's certain relationships that have to happen or that society really pushes us towards. So society pushes us, and I'm not saying that in a, in a bad aspect when I'm saying that, but society pushes us towards romantic relationships. Society pushes us towards family relationships. And you have physical bonds through family relationships that you kind of have to have. You have work relationships that you have to have. But friendship is the only relationship that we we have to actually proactively say, I'm going to enter into this and I am going to work on it and I don't have to have it. It's not something forced upon me like my parents were forced upon me. I didn't have a choice that, that I have my parents. It's, it's something that we have to actually willingly choose and because of that, it's one of the relationships that we often neglect. We have so many other factors pushing us into all sorts of relationships but not into friendship and yet... With friendship, it is an essential relationship. It's an essential relationship. And if it's essential 
and yet one that we have to choose to move into, it means that we're often in danger of not experiencing all that God wants to do for us and to give to us through friendship. Friendships are, are vital. Proverbs says in 1320, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. What this is saying is that friendship will often set the course for your life. Friendship will often set the course for your life. Now, if we, if we believe that, if we buy into what Proverbs says there, then that should give us all the more kind of urgency to say, well, we need to do friendship right. What does it mean to actually have wisdom in our friendship? If friendship is an essential relationship, and yet one that it's easy to neglect, and yet one that will set the course of our life, we have to, we have to say, what does it mean to have wisdom in our friendship? How do we have wisdom in our friendships? And so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at how we get friendships and what they actually are supposed to look like, how we improve them, what can harm them, and ultimately what helps us to have the friendships that we desire. So first, what is it that friendship looks like? And, and when I this first section, I want you to think about really two different ways. Part of this is what does friendship look like? But in that, it's also, hey, what is it what does it mean to be a good friend? How can we have the kind of friendships that we long for? And I know that Mike is cutting in and out and I can I can see uh, you know some of the the looks on your face, but it's just this is outdoors. This just kind of is what it is. So let's just let's just go with it, all right? So, four things of what friendship looks like or how we get friendship. The first is this, that friendships are made, not found. And that is so important because oftentimes we think something like this, I want to find friends. And I understand that sentiment to say, man, I, I want to find some people that I, couldn't be, that I can be friends with. But what Proverbs wants us to understand is that friendships are not discovered that they are developed, that they are not found, that they are forged, that they're not, that they're not just things that we kind of fall into, but rather friendships are made. Proverbs and the rest of the Bible doesn't tell us how to find friends, but oftentimes that's what we think. Proverbs doesn't tell us how to find friends, but rather it tells us what a friend does, which then inclines us to understand that what friendship, how to develop friends, isn't to find them, it's what you do that creates a friendship. Here's what it says in 1717. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. So if you need some help from your brother, you can send them that verse. But the point of what it's telling us in, in about friendship is that a friend loves at all times. That's what a friend does. That is what friendship, how friendship gets created. A friend is someone that is saying, I love. So here's, here is the idea with this. You do not find friends. And I think this is especially important to understand when it comes to church. I think it's especially important to understand when it comes, when you st are starting new relationships, that often we are thinking, who do I have a chemistry with? We might have an idea in our mind of friendship, maybe from a previous friend you had in college or a previous friend you had growing up in the neighborhood or whatever it is. And, and you kind of say, I'm looking for that person. 
I'm looking for them. And so kind of like dating, you assess people. Do I click with them? Do I like them? Do I have chemistry with them? But that is all starting with the foundation that's saying, I'm looking for a certain kind of person. I'm looking for friends instead of, I'm going to love someone. I'm going to love people. And through that, I will make them my friend, whether they like it or not kind of. That friendship is, here's how you create friendships. You say, I'm going to love somebody. And that is what develops friendship. A friend loves at all times. Is that your approach? Even for those of you that are new to Denver, and maybe you're not new to Denver, maybe you've been here for a while, but is that the approach that you come with as you think about friendship? That's the first one. Friendships are made, not found. Proverbs gives us great wisdom around that. And and then similarly, taking that verse that a friend loves at all times, what that means, a friend loves is kind of the word we focused on first, not a friend clicks or a friend has chemistry, but a friend loves at all times. That brings us to the second part of what friendship looks like, which that friendship is faithful. A friend loves at all times. I know, and you know, I want this too. We want friends to to laugh with and friends that have a good time with and friends to go hiking with and camping with and sit around the fire with and drink with and, and whatever it is. We want friends that are like, man, I, I'm looking for a, a good time. And you might not say that as it comes to friendship for a good time, call a friend. But that's kind of what we are looking for a lot of times when we think about friendship. We're thinking about, man, I want I want people to eat wings with and I want people to have a birthday party with and and that's great friendship said Proverbs says a friend loves at all times a friend loves at all times just like the show just like friends says if you've ever seen the show friends that it's the song is I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall right rock's not my best especially 90s rock but uh, friend loves at all times. And, and here's important too what Proverbs says. If we're thinking about a friend loving at all times, that means especially when it's, when you aren't getting something out of it. Now, think about that. We want friends that we say, man, I love this friend. If I were to say, why do you love that friend? Oh man, they're so funny or I, it's just it's just great hanging out with them it's it's we're always able to have good laughs or they have a boat or they've got a great cabin or or something that it's something we get out of it and proverbs says this wealth attracts many friends but a poor person is separated from his friend proverbs 19:6 says many seek a ruler's favor and everyone is a friend of one who gives gifts. And both of those verses, and Proverbs talks about that many times, both of those verses are saying, it's easy to love a friendship where, where you're getting something out of it. Everybody loves a friend that's giving them gifts. If you have a friend that's always buying, that's always taking you places, that's always doing, everybody loves a friend that gives gifts. Wealth attracts many friends. But that's not the kind of friendship that, that Proverbs is is inviting us into that God wants for us and that is needed to actually be a good friend. Friendship is faithful. Friendship is loving at all times. At all times. The good times 
and the bad times. A friend, the kind of friend that you and I want to be, the kind of friend that God wants to call us into and to to have us give and receive is a friendship that is faithful. A friend loves at all times. It means they are loyal. It means they are present. It means on your worst day, they're your friend. It means when you've lost your job, they're your friend. It means that when you're going through a season of depression, they are your friend. It means when you are just struggling because you're suffering in life and you're not that fun to be around, that they're your friend. That's a faithful friend. A friend loves at all times. Third, friendship looks like consistency. When we are young, oftentimes we form friendships and we think it's automatic. We think, man, when I was a kid, I was just able to form friends pretty quickly. But it's not necessarily that friendship is automatic as much as that friendship comes through consistency. When you were a kid, you developed friendships maybe quickly because you were in the neighborhood and you were around people. Because you were at school and you were in activities and you were in clubs and you were in things and you were consistently around people. When you get older, consistency often goes away. You're probably not in a soccer league, in a basketball league, in a student government, even though you're 35. You're probably not like doing all these things, right? If you show up to the school and say, I'm here for student government, they're going to say, you are under arrest, right? But... (laughs) We need to, therefore, build consistency into our lives. The thing that most produced the friendship in our lives before was consistency with people. And so, if we want to build friendship now, and what friendship looks like is consistency. We have to build it in. You can get that, again, from Proverbs 17, 17, which is a friend loves at all times, kind of emphasizing the all piece, that you have to actually be there. You have to be around. There's a time component to it. And let me say this. It's not just that you make friends. You have to maintain friends. See, if consistency is part of what friendship looks like, and if consistency is part of how we develop friends and build friends, then that means we can't just make them, you have to maintain them. Because it's not just that you get a friend, and then you go, whew, that was nice. And then you just can coast. A friend loves at all times, which means you have to actually maintain the relationship. 27.10 says this, don't abandon your friend or your father's friend and don't go to your brother's house in your time of calamity. Better a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. Don't abandon your friend or your father's friend. What that's saying is you have to actively maintain the friendship, that there's something in us that works hard at the beginning of something and then often lets up. That's true in marriage. That's true in your job. That's true in all sorts of things. We put a lot of energy up front on something and then like maybe the puppy that you got when you first got it the first, you know, first maybe six months, you were so excited and then it's just, okay, yeah, I've got a dog, but you're not necessarily super invested in it. Don't abandon your puppy. Don't abandon your friend. You have to not only make friends, 
but maintain them. Which, how do you build consistency? How do you build that into your life? It's something we have to think about. I think church is a great way to do that. Community group is a great way to do that. Thinking about even, I mean, we've had friends before that we say, hey, let's make sure that we get together on a monthly basis. Let's make sure we have LTGs in our church, which are smaller groups of uh, three to four people that are able to come together and kind of study the Bible at at a deeper level. And that adds a component of consistency to it. You have to find, listen, your friendships will only be as strong as the consistency that you put into them. Your friendships will only be as strong as the consistency you put into them. And so we have to find ways to build consistency. Fourth, friendship, wise friendship looks like speaking, not being silent, not being shallow, but speaking into each other's lives. Let me read you two verses. They kind of speak to two different components on this. 27, 5 through 6 says, Better an open reprimand than concealed love. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. 27.9 says, Oil and incense bring joy to the heart, and the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. And it kind of gives us two different ways that we are to use our words with our friends. One of the ways is to speak in a way that actually feels like a wound to another person. And that doesn't mean that you're doing that in your tone. It doesn't mean that you're trying to wound them. It doesn't, it's not, we, we spoke about, um, we had, I, I preached on speaking a, a couple weeks back. It's not just, hey, I'm just speaking my mind. I'm just being truthful. That's not what it's talking about. But it says a friend that really loves you is not going to just multiply kisses, is not going to just flatter you, is not always just going to tell you what you want to hear, is not always just going to say that everything's great and ignore the areas in our life where there's sin and there's foolishness. A friend that really loves you is at times going to speak things that feel like a wound, that feel like, ah, I don't want you, I don't want you touching that area of my life. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And it says that, you know how you love oil and incense? You know how that's just like, oh, that feels so good. Now, maybe this is, you know, maybe contextually we have to think of something different, but it, it's saying that those things bring a, a delight. Those things, it, it, that dog heard me talking about the puppy and it was saying, yes, I am being ignored. It's not fair. Do not abandon me. That oil and incense, there's a, a sweetness to that, it says. But you know what's you know what's really sweet? A friend that's able to offer counsel. Again, that is speaking into our life. And I actually think it's very insightful because it says, it says that the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. Which means a lot of times we counsel ourselves. We speak to ourselves. We give ourselves ideas. We give ourselves encouragement. We have self-talk where we're telling ourselves certain things. That might be to try to boost our confidence. That might be to try to help ourselves focus on God. That might be all sorts of different things. We, we speak to ourselves. We counsel ourselves. And that's not all bad. We have to do that. But it says the sweetness of a friend is better 
than self-counsel. That you and I need people to speak to us. Without that, we will experience a deficiency. We need people to speak into our lives. I mean, just think about your friendships right now. Is that a strong part of you? This is one of the main things that Proverbs says friendship is about. Are your friendships marked by speaking? Are your friendships marked by a a speaking that leads towards Jesus, a speaking that leads towards holiness, a speaking that leads towards your heart loving Jesus more? Are your friendships marked by that? If they're not, they might just be the kind of friendships that Proverbs talks about that are wealth attracts a lot of friends, beer attracts a lot of friends, a good outdoor patio attracts a lot of friends. A cabin in the mountains attracts a lot of friends. A new pair of skis to share attracts a lot of friends. Some fun hobbies attracts a lot of friends. But are your friendships marked by speaking in a way that leads towards the life that God desires for us? And then finally what Proverbs speaks to us about what friendship looks like or how even to develop the kind of friendship is that they should be marked by a depth. A lot of times we want, and this kind of goes with what I said before about kind of the hangout, good time friends, but sometimes we, we want a lot of friends. And maybe you want popularity you want to you you see the people that you like and kind of like man I want to hang out with them and I want to hang out with them and I want to hang out with them and this person kind of, a lot of times that comes from this person they kind of have this thing I like this person kind of has this thing I like this person or it kind of comes from a desire to be on the in crowd and so you see some people hanging out and are like I want to be a part of that and we're driven either by popularity or acceptance We're driven by just, again, a good time. And Proverbs drives us to think not about more and not about quantity, but about the quality of our friendship. It says in 1824, one with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. 2211 says, the one who loves a pure heart and gracious lips, the king is his friend. It's saying you might have a lot of friends, you might have many, many, many friends, and that actually might be one of the reasons you experience harm in your life. But there is is a friend that stays closer than a brother. Those are the kinds of friendships that we should be pursuing, that we should be after, is friendships that are actually close. Not so much quantity, but quality. In the verse that the wind blew away on, the, the kings, the, it says, if one that loves a pure heart and gracious lips, the king will be his friend. And, that, and that's speaking about a kind of quality of a person. The kind of friend you want is not quantity, but quality. Someone who is after a pure heart and gracious lips. That's the kind of friend that we should be striving to be and to be after. So as, as we look at those things, here's, here's kind of the, the things to think about. Are your friendships like this? Made, not found, faithful, consistent, speaking, depth. Are your friendships like this? Is this who you are as a friend? 
aren't these the kind of friendships that you want? I, I know this is the kind of friendships that I desire. And, and then how can you move closer to that? Maybe some of those you say, yes, that's totally what my friendships are like. And other parts, you're nah, maybe not quite. How can we move closer to this being how we view friendship? And second thing that Proverbs tells us, if we want to be wise in our friendships, is what gets in the way of our friendship. What gets in the way? And the big idea from Proverbs of what it speaks of that harms friendships, that hurts friendships, that ends friendships, the big idea that Proverbs gives to us with that is a lack of grace, a lack of forgiveness, a lack lack of being able to overlook offense. We may think, we may think that the perfect friendships are those where we don't offend anyone. We may think that the perfect friendships are those where no one ever hurts us and we never hurt anyone. And that's true in heaven. But not right now. Right now, the vision of friendship that Proverbs gives to us is one where we should expect sin against us and to give grace. If you are, and listen, I think this is especially true in the church, if you are looking for a kind of friendship where you say, I mean, I'm just looking for people to be good friends. I'm just looking for people to love me. I'm just looking for people that are going to be like Jesus to me. Those are the kinds of friends I want. Maybe you even say, I've been hurt by other friends. And before I was a Christian, man, it was hard. Or these people at work. But oh, I just want friendships in the church where people will love me. And they will, they'll be like Jesus to me. And we'll be able to. That's great. That's a, that's a great idea. But what the Bible always gives to us as the foundation for community or friendship is not so much a loving perfection, but rather a gracious interaction, which means we should expect to be sinned against. I I believe the number one thing that will damage your friendships, and maybe you can look back and see this. I, I know from talking to some of you and other folks that this is often the case. The number one thing that will hurt your friendships, end your friendships, or taint them, maybe you still have them, but they're not as good, is a lack of grace. Here's what Proverbs says. It says in 17.9, whoever conceals, whoever hides, whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. And in 16.28, a contrary person spreads conflict, And a gossip separates close friends. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love. Without grace, what we do is we let the offense or perceived offense, we let the offense be front and center for us. So if you think about concealing, that's to take, to hide, to not think about, to overlook, to forgive. The opposite of that is to have it be front and center, to think about the wrong that someone did to you, to look for the wrong, to dwell on the wrong. Instead of promoting love, we often promote, promote, think about is to seek, it's to look for, it's to put up 
If you were a promoter, your job is to put up something. It's to say, look at this. And when we focus on the wrongs done to us, we grow in bitterness. We begin to build a framework in our mind of how someone is. Gossip increases this. Gossip separates close friends. Gossip is when you highlight and show the faults of someone else or again perceived faults of someone else and not only have it front and center in your mind but it overflows and you you let it go into other people's minds oftentimes in the church gossip is thought to be godly because we say will you pray for me about this person we say i need advice about this person we say i know somebody i won't mention any names you know them they're about 5'5", five five, and normally they wear, you know, and we, we, allow, we allow someone's faults to be promoted instead of concealed. This is the number one thing that will end our relationships, and I think it is especially prominent in the church because we are looking for Jesus-like friends, which in some sense is good, but then, instead of grace, we actually have judgment. You're supposed to love me. You're supposed to be there at all times. You're supposed to be speaking truth. You're supposed to be comforting me. You're supposed to be there for me. You're supposed to uh, maintain our friendship. You're supposed to serve me. You're supposed to, didn't you hear Caleb's sermon? He said that this is what kind of friend you are, and you're not. And I'm going to tell other people. We, we keep people's faults front and center. Love, listen to me. This is so important. I, I, I'm, I'm passionate about this because I, I know some of your friendships will end if you don't hear me. Love, excuse me, friendship and love, but friendship is built on grace, Proverbs says. It's built on grace. It's built on concealing offenses. And I'm not saying there's never something to bring up Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yes, but just like Jesus says with getting the speck out of uh, the log out of our eye before we get the speck out of someone else, Jesus talks about judgment often, which is looking for the faults in someone else. Proverbs says, conceal them. When you conceal them, when you put them down, you are putting love front and center. You're promoting love. If you examine your friendships right now, if you examine your relationships, what are you cultivating? Are you cultivating grace? Or are you cultivating thinking about faults, thinking about motives, thinking about the wrongs, the errors, the offenses? Proverbs says what gets in the way of our friendships most is going to be a lack of grace. Now, last thing is what helps us become these kind of friends. We want the kind of friends that, that Proverbs lines out for us. We want to be the kind of friends and not let a lack of grace hurt our relationships. What, what can help us be the friends that we want to be and also not crush our friends with our expectations? 3.32 says this, For the devious are detestable to the Lord, but he is a friend to the upright. What it says is God is a friend 
to the upright, or God is a friend to his children, to people in his family. That if you want to be the kind of friend that you want to be, and you want to have grace and not crush with expectations the friends that you have, we must first receive friendship from God. We must receive friendship from God, and when we do, that changes all of our friendships. In the Old Testament, God is not often referred to as a friend, only a handful of times. It says that God was a friend to Moses. It says that God is a friend to Abraham. There's this verse, and then maybe a couple other verses. But it, God does not reveal himself as a friend very much in the Old Testament. But when Jesus comes, when we get to the New Testament, when he shows up, he does not just say, here I am, I'm your king. He does not just say, here I am, I'm your savior. Jesus, if you think about Jesus coming to this earth, how is it that he came essentially? He came essentially as a friend, as a guy hanging out with other men and women. That's how he came. He didn't come showing up on a chariot and saying, I'm the king, and some people wanted him to do that. He didn't come as a father, as a parent. He didn't come even primarily as a teacher, though he did teach. He essentially came as a friend. God had revealed himself in the Old Testament in some glimmers as a friend. When Jesus came, he uses the word friend often. He forms a group of friends around him. He's eating and drinking. He's accused of being a friend of sinners. He says to his disciples, I no longer call you servants, but you are my friends. He says in John 15, no greater love has someone than he lays down his life for his friends. He calls them his friends over and over and over again. When, when God chose to come into this earth, I think this is, is so fascinating in some ways and, and so helpful for our souls. God, listen, we talked about this last week. God wants to show that he is a father. He wants to show that he is a parent to you. That's an important way to understand God. It's also an important way to understand that God is our King or our Lord. That's an important concept to get and to be able to relate to Him. But when Jesus came, one of the ways He wanted to make sure that we understood who He was was that He's our friend. He wanted us to relate to Him not just as Savior, Father, King, Lord, but as friend. That whatever it is that we understand friendship to be or that the Bible speaks of friendship, Jesus wanted to say to you, to me, I want to make sure you know I'm your friend. I want to make sure that you get that I am your friend. Which means all the things that we talked about that Proverbs says a friend is, Jesus is that to you. Jesus is the friend that is faithful at all times. The highs and lows of your life, Jesus says, I'm your friend. Jesus is the one that doesn't say, I'm just looking for someone I click with. But he comes to you and says, I'm going to make you my friend. How? By loving you over and over and over again. Jesus is the one that speaks into our lives that gently rebukes us and helps us. He wounds us by the Holy Spirit, convicts us and says, this area is bad for you. I'm not going to let you go on by yourself. Jesus is the one that speaks sweet counsel to us. Jesus 
is the one that is consistent with us, present with us at all times. The one that wants to actually go deep into our souls to be united to us. You see, God says he's a friend, and when we come to Jesus, we see the ultimate friend revealed in body and that you and I have right now, and a friend that bases our friendship not on our perfection, not even on our faithfulness to him, but on grace. Jesus is the one that over and over conceals an offense, that on the cross forgives us of our sins, that ends the offense in the hostility between us, that says our relationship, as we will take communion in just a moment, is not based on uh, some 50-50 two-sided thing. It is him saying, I give grace to you. That's the basis of our friendship. My body broken for yours. My blood, my blood shed for you. That's our friendship. When this gets into us, here's what happens. If you are lonely, and look, I, I know that probably some of you are. If you're lonely, I want you to have friends. I want you to have real, physical, standing in front of you, cheersing with a drink with you, friends. But what we know is this. Jesus is your friend. And he says, I want to be your friend. Some of you have lost friends. Some of you have lost people close to you. Some of your friendships have ended. Some of you have to restart, and Jesus says, I'm your friend. That's part of what it does for us. The second thing it does for us is it helps us to be a better friend. When we get the vision of who God is to us, that changes our hearts to be able to be that to each other. And it also makes it so though we want our friends to improve, we want our friends to be better, you can hear a sermon like this and say, man, I, I want those kind of friends, and that's okay. But it also means we don't crush them with our expectations because we're already receiving that kind of friendship from the perfect friend, Jesus. We say, I want a friend, that was cons I want a friend that's more consistent. And instead of just crushing our friends, we're able to say, okay, Jesus, I've got you. You are consistent to me. Thank you. I want a friend that speaks more truth and counsel into my life. Okay, that's fine. Good. I hope you'd get that. But you also get to say, okay, Jesus, I really need you then to be that kind of friend to me, to speak to me to counsel me. So the question is, how's your friendship with him? Are you cultivating the friendship with him? Experiencing the friendship from him? As you do, it changes you to receive the best friendship you ever could have. You can get a little BFF half-heart necklace and share it with Jesus. And, <laughs> and it allows you to give that friendship to others. So here's what this means as we, as we close. Maybe it means you need to confess. When we take communion, you'll have a couple minutes to kind of respond in prayer and to take next steps. And maybe it means you need to confess. Maybe it means you need to confess that you haven't been a good friend. Maybe you should actually text some of your friends during this time and say, I'm sorry, I haven't been a good friend. Maybe it means that you need to confess to God and say that you haven't been receiving friendship from him. Maybe it means you need to pray and ask God to help you to become a better friend. Maybe it means that you need to take a next step to get into community, to join a community group, to join an LTG if you're already in a community group. Maybe it means you just kind of need to ask God to help you make some acts of commitment to say, God, help me to be a better friend, 
to not just have good time friends, but to be a friend that is there all times, to be a friend that speaks, to be a friend that loves, to be a friend that is gracious. So I don't know what it is for each of us, but I'm, I'm sure that for all of us, there's, there's ways that we need to grow in being friends, and there's ways that we want better friends, and ways that we need to receive God's friendship. So would you take a couple minutes, spend some time praying, taking communion, and then we'll respond in singing.